0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 790, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are trying to make sense of it all and doing the right thing, and me, specifically me this week. Hey, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 790. I am Josh Flanagan and I'm here with me. That's right, you haven't had a solo show in a while, and uh, you've got one now. So I haven't done this in a bit. We'll see how it goes. I have had fun doing it in the past, and unfortunately for people who hate this, I get positive feedback, and God, that feels good, doesn't it? Anyway, (laughs) we are iFanboy, or I am right now. I'm standing in for the Wii, And every week, there is a stack of comics to be read. There's a big stack this week. Uh, one of us picks the one they like best and we call that the pick of the week. I'm going to keep saying the uh, plural first person because it doesn't sound right the other way. I'm going to talk about the book, other books, the patron pick, some listener mail. Uh, I'm going to assign all of the patron powers this week. I plan to have fun and afterwards there's nothing I can do about it, whether you do or not. So there will be spoilers about the books here. Uh, Exercise some caution. This is not a normal show, by the way. If this is your first episode, you're like, so it's just this one dude talking? No. This happens like every couple of years or something like that. And I'm guessing it will have a slightly different pace as I struggle to breathe and fill in all the space with my uh, talking. Okay, so let's get started. I put a lot of books on my list because I figured, you know, I I I won't have to wait for anybody else to go on and on cuz it'll just be me. Pick of the week this week is Superman Red and Blue number 5. This is that anthology series uh sort of s- uh, spun out from Superman. I'm sorry, from Batman black and white and when this started there was the idea that instead of black and white, everything is written is red and blue cuz I don't know if you've seen Superman but he's red and blue. And uh I liked all of the stories in this. Uh, it is rare to get... Nah, that's not true. I pre- I, I did. I like them. I liked several of them a lot. Um, so there are uh, four short stories in this. And the first one is Fetch uh, from Jed Winnick and Ibrahim Mustafa, both of whom have been on my Talksplode podcast. And so there you go. I'm, I'm indicating my inherent bias right there. Uh, this one is a story about crypto and how uh, young Clark... Is feeling surly and alone and sad as many adolescent boys do and then another ship crashes and it turns out that in there is a dog uh, from Krypton who is of course crypto, and they form a bond and there's a little explanation that crypto was actually launched first and he was a science experiment and Superman's horrible dad shouldn't have let him bond with the dog because they had to send him away and blah 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 and whatever he finds the dog and he's really happy and Ibrahim uh, uh, draws a very, very cute puppy. Um, I thought the colors on this one worked really well, and my heart was touched by it. It's very easy to do a crypto story and make me feel something because I love dogs, and 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 like they, they, they dogs are like this sort of uh, version of a of a like a pet version of Superman. They represent all that is good and full of heart, and makes you feel joyful, and I think that's why it's less corny than it probably should be when you pair Superman up with a dog. Of course he's got a good dog, because dogs are inherently good, and they want to help people, and do the best, and make other people happy. Isn't that what Superman does? I don't know. Um, next up after that uh, is a story called Deescalation from G. Willow Wilson, uh, drawn by Valentin Delandro. I'm uh, something like that. Um, in this, uh, it's really fun. Little, little story is, uh, Clark Kent or, uh, Christopher Reeve, Clark Kent specifically, um, goes into a little bodega, Minimart store, uh, in, in Metropolis and someone comes in to rob him and he can't turn into Superman. So he, you know, talks him down basically and, and, and saves the day and the kid who was going to rob them, you know, makes a better decision and he leaves and, and of the the girl who's there, uh, you know, gives him a little Superman doll reward, and it's very cute. But again, I thought it was it was it was nice. The thing is about Superman is that you can do things that are kind of saccharine, uh, and and it it works as long as it's sincere. Like it's I think it's all about the, the how you handle that level of sincerity um, while still being human. Like yeah, sincerity plus humanity. After that, we have your favorite by Josh Williamson also been on the show, and Chris Sprouse, and this is a story about, it's just like a little conversation with, with Jimmy Olsen, where uh, some lady, I don't remember who, is asking you, like, what's your favorite, also they drew this uh, Superman looking a lot like Christopher Reeve too, and I love this uh, uh, this trend of going, no, that's that's who we want to draw as Superman, it's the right thing to do, always, um, and, and they're asking Jimmy Olsen, what's your favorite Superman picture, you've taken so many over the years, what is it? And it's just a little delightful conversation. And the way it's laid out is fun. And the last picture is sort of a bad up the nose intentional selfie. It's not a selfie. They didn't use that because it was taken with an actual camera, but um, it was cool. The last story we have is Red Sun Blue Dot uh, by Mark Buckingham. And um, Mark Buckingham, a longtime artist, uh, came from, I think, 2000 AD. And most people know him now from Fables. Uh, and he wrote and drew this story. The story part of it, you know, it's 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 uh it's his origin or about or it's a story about his flight away from Krypton as a baby until he gets to Earth and it's fine, but it is gorgeous to look at. It's some uh it's some next next level sort of J. H. Williams kind of stuff. Um and I think he's been around around longer than J. H. Williams probably taught him a thing or two. Um, but it is gorgeous and, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really nice to look at in the, all these double page spreads with this really cool, uh, border on the top and bottom that is sort of these red and blue Superman things that I would totally put along the ceiling in my office. I would be fine with that. Um, I read a lot of books I liked and I had forgotten about this. And so when I, not forgotten, but when I had sort of had my sets, I'd had my sights sort of picked on what it was I was going to pick and, and then I saw this again. I went, oh, right, this. I liked every part of this. And when you get an anthology that you like all the stories on, that's actually something <laughs> quite special. And I think the thing about this Red and Blue series is that I think it's gotten better over time, but it's always been something a little bit different. And it's fun to see people do these, these Superman stories. And uh, I really enjoyed What a great cover, too. Oh, Amanda Connor cover. Yeah, it was fun. It's. I think it, maybe it was the thing that I needed this week. Maybe this just had to do with... What I needed, uh what did I want out of life all that and and I nearly forgot I nearly forgot that Daniel Warren Johnson's story about about how Pa Kent has to make sure that he tells Superman that 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 he loves him and that he's proud of him, and how that is the most important thing, which I believe, and then how that radiates out into the world, it's gorgeous in intent, it's gorgeous to look at, it is. Yeah, a beautiful piece of parenting advice. And, uh, I mean, that that's actually probably the best thing in the whole issue. Um, so, thank goodness I didn't forget that. Shall we move along? There was, and I know this is going to be crazy to everybody listening, there, there's a new Moon Knight number one. I know. It turns out that they've got this character Moon Knight, and every single time you see him, he gets a reboot. Uh, and I guess maybe that's uh, that's a, because he's got multiple personality or, or something, dissociative disorder. It's in here. They acronymed it. This is in a continuity of sorts for Moon Knight. Um, this new book is from Jed McKay, whose book, uh, whose writing we have been enjoying a lot lately, Connor and I, when Connor is here. And he's not, but he would, I don't think he would argue with that point. I think he would say, yeah, yeah, I've been enjoying that too. Um and uh, art by Alessandro Cappuccio. Um, yet, yet another Italian. I don't know. Is anyone going to talk about the Italian takeover of the American comics market? I mean, I, it doesn't, wouldn't really matter. Um, this seems to be a continuance of where Mark Spector was when he showed up in Avengers um, a little while back. And in that story... It seemed like he was trying to help Khonshu take over the world, but instead, like he saved it, and now we have this version of Moon Knight is is he has a he has a congregation, like he's sort of like the head of the Church of Khonshu. He's the High Priest of Khonshu. and he always sits around when he talk when he's not out fighting. His hang around outfit is that sort of white suit with the white. Uh, hood with the moon on it that, that came out of the Declan Shalvey Warren Ellis run um, which is an incredibly cool visual for sure um, and it's interesting because it's the idea that like he protects all the people not unlike Daredevil you know in the area where he is of the church I'm not sure but there's uh, there's vermin Remember that, that Spider-Man villain vermin those guys are there, there's some vampires and he's protecting the people uh, and then we also learn that like, oh, he's he's totally not into Khonshu. He's like, but I am his fist. I am indebted to I have to I have to do the work, even though he's horrible and is locked away somewhere. But, you know, it's my job. And then it turns out there's another guy who comes along and he thinks that he's not doing a great job about, with Kanshu And it turns out that that guy is the uh, like, whereas Mark Spector is the right hand of Khonshu. This guy is the left-hand or he called himself uh he's the Hunter's Moon. So he has an outfit just like Mark Spector but his hood is black and he has a white circle on top of it. And I guess he's the he's the other Fist of Kanchu. And I guess that's that's the deal there. I don't know if that character existed already. I thought this was well written. Uh I thought the character work was fun and everything, but I'm it's so tiring to constantly get New Moon Nights. It must be for him, too, because he's constantly New Moon Nights, I believe. But, uh, yeah, kind of. it was fine. I, I don't know if I will keep reading this. It looked really good. It wasn't particularly funny or anything. I don't know if that it needs to be. Um, yeah, so that, that was a thing. that It was a comic book that happened. I'm glad I read it. I'm not not glad I read it. It's just that Moon Knight gets exhausting, I think. Let us move along to Superman and the Authority number 1. This is Grant Morrison and Michael Janine Janin, I don't know. Um didn't know this was coming. I was surprised that what we got in here was sort of very straightforward Grant Morrison. He he you know wasn't trying to be completely out there. I don't think he's trying to do that ever, but it was very uh, it was very easily followable. And so we got here is a, it seems to be an alternate universe sort of Superman. And the first sort of scene that we get is Superman in 1963, November 1963, um, in Washington, D.C., walking down the hall with Jack Kennedy. And, and I, when I see this, I wonder... When people see November 1963, do they immediately know what that is? Or is that just a person like me or like Connor who know that? Um, but, you know, savvy watchers will will know that uh, Kennedy was shot on November 22nd, 1963. And so this was the thing that happened right before he died. And and basically, Kennedy tells Superman, like, you know, you're the man of tomorrow. You, you have to do what you can to help make the world better. And, you know, that sort of gives him his mission. And then, of course, that's solidified by the fact that um, that uh, Kennedy gets killed, and we see like a shot of Superman up on the moon. Um, you know, cheering on. I guess who was uh, <laughs> Neil Armstrong, like jumping over hurdles. I'm not really sure. Uh, then we cut to the current uh time, and and I and again, remember this is Superman versus Superman and the Authority. And does anyone remember Manchester Black? Uh, I think he's been around a lot, but he originally showed up in. I don't know why I remember this, but it was uh, uh, Action Comics 777, written by Joe Kelly, and it was this, he was like a stand-in for The Authority, but I guess since then he's become more of a canon who is on The Authority. But Manchester Black was supposed to represent sort of the stuff that Warren Ellis was doing over in The Authority, and and, uh, with this sort of British uh, guy who has Superman-like powers and can sort of play on his level, but just doesn't have the He's just too uh, uh, dark, and he's too he's too cynical. And this is Superman saying, I, I need you to help. I need you to come and, and you know, I, this Superman's losing his powers, which is actually kind of interesting. Like, as he gets old, like, they're just kind of going away, which is a thing that never happens. And I, I, I think this is the question, like, is Superman immortal? Should he be? What happens when he gets old? Does he keep his powers? I like this as an idea that as he hits his middle ages, like, his power's going, and he knows it. Someone's about to break through the Phantom Zone and, uh, um, he needs Manchester Black to save him, and it's this, like, Manchester Black like, off, I don't want anything to do with this, and will he or won't he come back to help, and he does, apparently, so there's only two characters in this for, uh, Superman and the authority, so I don't know which authority it's gonna be, there's no Apollo Midnighter, um, oh man, the, the city guy, the doctor, Jack Hawksmore, there, there you go, um, That'd be fun. So, I don't know what happens. Uh, the art in it, uh, Mikkel Janine, I, I thought really, really nice stuff. He's, he's a great artist. There's not one sexy lady in the whole thing. Um, he has this really good looking sort of future Superman where he's got, you know, nice, he's got a little stubble. He's got gray at the temple. Um, and his, his uniform is, is kind of like a t shirt thing. Um, but it's a good design, it works really well, and I like it. Um, moving along, we have Captain Marvel number 30. I almost made this stick of the week. And I actually don't think I read the issues before it, but this is the last issue. I think I just missed the one before it uh, because I keep forgetting that I'm reading this book. This is the last issue in this um, strange magic story. And it's by Kelly Thompson and Jacopo Camagni, another Italian. Um, And basically, it's some time travel stuff going on where Carol has to stop Enchantress and Namor's son... From taking over the world in the future. So she's dealing with Enchantress now and Enchantress has to help her, but without her knowing that she's got to go forward to hurt her son and magic and this trickery all about. And I liked it a lot because, you know, at this point, Kelly Thompson's had a really long run with this this character of of Carol Danvers. And, And Carol Danvers is pretty powerful. I don't know if she's Superman level, but You know she gets things done, and so they've taken her out of her element here, and they've taken away her powers because she has to deal with magic, and she's not good with magic, just like Superman. And uh, you know, and and it's fun. You know, she's she's on her back foot the whole time, and then Rhodey shows up, and we just they get back together, and it's very sweet. I think the art was okay. It was pretty good. It did the job. It didn't blow me away, but it was what it was supposed to be. I think the character work was exactly where it needed to be um it was it was pretty pretty goshy it was pretty full of good old superhero stuff with these kind of things and then at the end there's like that that bitter note that spider-man thing where she was basically trying the thing that she did was she took the magic away she found something and took the magic away from ove or ove whatever it is uh, namor's future son um and basically that's like blinding him he's good magic has just gone from him. he can't get it forever and uh and steven strange is like yeah you did a good job people are gonna be pretty pissed at you about that she's like and are you part of that and she's like Ugh. and he shuts the door on her so you know she she kind of burned a bridge there trying to solve a problem and what we have here is this backup story written and drawn uh by jamie mckelvey uh featuring uh ms marvel and captain marvel and and captain marvel needs a pick-me-up she's not feeling great about things and and Ms. Marvel walks her around town and talks to her about things, and it, it kind of the conversation kind of goes where you expect it is, and she gets inspired by the end. But it was really lovely crafting of it. Um, Jamie did the whole thing, uh, and I liked it. It was pretty heavy on the text, which is funny because there was a couple of books this m- week by artist writers who haven't published a whole lot of writing, and they were really text heavy, which I I think is interesting because. You always think that the writer is going to be like, "Oh, now I get to show everything; I don't have to tell it." Um, there's a lot of telling here, but it was written well enough so that it didn't bother me. Normally, you run into a wall of text on a comic book page, and you just want to run for your life. But uh, it worked here. Um, it, it was, it was, it was pretty good, and I enjoyed reading it. And, and it was good to see Jamie back on this character. If you remember. Uh, maybe you don't, but this sort of costume design that she's in now, and the one that's in the movie, you know, Jamie McKelvey designed that, and he designed the Miss Marvel too. So you know, he gets a chance to sort of really run with both of those, and I liked it, and I found it inspiring and delightful. We've got Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number two, uh, by Tom King and Bilquis or Bilqui, Evelie. I really wish I knew how to pronounce that. I feel like I should know. Anyway, so this weird Supergirl story, right? <laughs> just once, I just want Connor to be here. He's like, are you reading this? So I'm asking you at home, like, are you reading this? Are you checking this thing out? It's the strangest little series. And I guess this is only the second issue. Um, but it's uh, this, uh, I don't know, this, this peasant girl from an alien world is on a revenge mission with Supergirl who went to another planet so she get drunk on her 21st birthday where there was no yellow sun and it's very strange but they're basically like on an interstellar space road trip and i loved it i i had so much fun reading this very strange book i've never liked a supergirl book in my life but i like the contrast of who this kryptonian is compared to clark kent you know all the good things about him you know at the core but but a very different person and it's super enjoyable, and the the prose, the way that the the girl talks is is, you know, it's a little melodramatic and over the top, but it, it works just right. And again, we'll there'll be there'll be another example where we talk about that where like it doesn't work, and I don't know what that is. It's like the magic, the magic element uh, that makes silly uh, sort of uh, fantasy speak work and not. But this was really fun, and it was really well done, and it. I mean it might have the Tom King thing where you don't know what's going on and then it comes together it turns around but it actually feels incredibly straightforward you know there it's it's like Midnight Run or it's almost on that way uh, there's only 8 issues in this um you know it's not a huge mystery thing I don't know I don't, I don't think I don't know what I'm reading right now where's this going to go what's 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 it going to be about I'm just sort of along for the ride uh and and it's fun there's a little question about what Supergirl's powers are cuz she's supposed to be away from the sun but she's still kind of powerful. I guess it hangs around for a while. She has to teach the girl how to wash her hands. And that's funny cuz most people do not know how to wash their hands as you can understand. But it's uh it's really good. I finished it and I thought, "Wow, I I didn't expect to think about this book ever again." And I am and I'm enjoying it. Also there's a de- there's a dead dog in it. They killed Crypto in this. So, I don't know if that's points deducted or points awarded because I don't, you know, before we were talking about crypto and he makes everything feel good. And in this, uh, it makes you feel terrible because there's a dead dog here. It's very sad, but it's done with um, reverence, I suppose. Actually, (laughs) this artist draws a really good, sad, sick dog. Um, It's the perfect artist for what this story is. And uh, I kind of can't wait for the next issue. So, that's very cool. You're thinking. Oh man, I can't get enough of this. How can I get on board? How can I be a person who supports what you're doing over here, Josh? How can I make sure that you are not the person who does this alone anymore? And it's to keep up those patron <laughs> keep up the patron memberships coming cuz then Connor will stick around cuz if he goes and it's just me, this is it all the time. This is what you get. It's going to be yeah, I know, I know. I'm thinking about it too, and it's it's not it's not what you want. Anyway, so you can go to patreoncom ifrandboy and you can help, you can help uh, uh, contribute to this thing and help us keep doing it and keep it going. Uh, I've said it, and I'm gonna keep saying it, and I'm gonna be completely sincere about it. It means the world to us. It is such a motivator to make sure that we come out and we do a really good job. It's the thing that says, "I think that I can do this show by myself," and it's very late at night. It's, it's very, I, I waited too long. Good, Connor's good to have around because he makes sure I do things on time. Otherwise, I put things off. And uh, so you'll keep him around. But but you'll make me want to come here and do this and have fun with it and, and sort of challenge myself to do a, a good job and make sure people are having fun. And I'm terrified that he'd be like, oh, that was awful. Don't ever do it again. But uh, so there's stretch goals. And because of those stretch goals, we have unlocked shows like the Patron Pick and, well, it's not a show, the Patron Pick, the Patron Powers on this show. Uh, the talk explodes, the book explodes, the media explodes. All of the YouTube stuff is going back up uh, on, on YouTube. On the video show stuff is going back up on YouTube for your enjoyment. There's the monthly patron hangouts. There is the patron Facebook group and the patron Discord server. I mean, that's a lot, right? That's a lot of stuff that didn't exist before there was Patreon. So that's pretty rad. We are looking at our next stretch goal and we're changing it. I'm like, we're not. I'm not ready to announce what that change is yet. But we're gonna. We're uh, the next stretch goal is not going to be the GI Joe cartoon episode one at a time. I know some of you are very sad, but many of you are very very happy about that. Um, the barbecue show coming back in video form is still the law. The stretchy stretchy stretch goal. If we ever get there, we'll deal with it. Um, you can also go to com. You will find there currently eight t-shirt designs. We start with T-shirts, but they they can go on many things. I, I bet uh, they maybe they have uh, boy shorts. I don't know. I don't. I don't think boys can wear boy shorts. Can I guess they can? They're just not cut correctly, is what I'm getting at. But I bet there's that. I bet that's a thing you could put them on, or or uh, notebooks or or uh, bath mats. You can put your feet on our big Tom Hanks head. No one wants that Tom Hanks shirt, by the way. <laughs> so you can go to ifamradith.com, you can see that stuff. They make they make good products too. That's that's nice about it. There are absolutely more coming. They're in they're in process. There's there's stuff coming. Uh you can go to slash support There was a direct donation link for PayPal if you don't want to deal with any of that other stuff that just came before. You just say, "Hey, I like the show. I want to I want to I want to show you that and I want to participate uh, with my cash." can you tell I'm making it up um, <laughs> without Connor here mm-hmm. uh, and then finally you can go to ifam.com slash Amazon you will find a link to buy the books that we talk about on the books below. you will always find a link for the pick of the week and the music on the show and a general link for Amazon if you have to go there and have uh, let's say for example that you need uh, joint care daily choose for your for your pet for your own little household crypto you get yourself on a su- subscription to those they send them to you every month and that way you make sure they get the glucosamine they need, and so their hips stay healthy. Well, let's just take this one further. You're trying to keep your dog healthy with that supplement, but also you're like, how can I help my favorite comic book podcast? Well, buddy, I got I got news for you over at iFamble.com slash Amazon. That's a place where you can do that. Let's get back to these books. There's a lot that I put in here. Ah, so the next up is Shade Craft number five from Joe Henderson and Lee Garbett. Uh, formerly of Skyward, a series that I liked an awful lot, and in this one we have we we, we get an idea about what this story is now. Um, where this girl finds out she has shadow powers, and her brother was in a coma, and then they, we find out that uh, he, she's she's manifested the shadow, which is him. Uh, but what we found out at the end of the last ser- uh, issue is that. Her mom, their mom, also has these shade powers. And we also found out that the artist, Lee Garbett, who is wonderful, cannot figure out a way to differentiate between the middle-aged mother and the much younger daughter, and you have to figure out which one is wearing the purple jacket, or otherwise you can't tell them apart at all. That was a criticism. Um, There's some double-crossing, there's some twists that took place in the last issue, and it resolves itself in a sort of way at the end of this one. And there's a there's a heisty break in thing and you get to see them use their powers in action. And that's fun and all. And the sort of family comes together as we wrap up this sort of first arc of the book. They call this they call this book one. And it's enjoyable. Uh, I think uh, Henderson writes really good characters and, and Garbit, notwithstanding the, the sort of thing about comic book artists and, and drawing people at different ages uh, is a great artist. And and there's a lot of fun that happens in this with light and shadow because it's about shadows. Um, and and now the family's like on the run or something. They're 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 spies or I don't know whatever the hell they are now. But the government's after them or something like that because uh, that's what happens in books like this when you have superpowers. and It's probably what would happen in real life or no one would notice you. I feel like if I developed superpowers, just nobody would notice it, and I would be like, oh, I guess I'll just keep going to work. <laughs> Thor Annual number one, written and drawn by Aaron Cooter. And this is another example of a guy. I can't remember reading a story that Aaron Cooter wrote, but I have read many. I've read many that he drew, and he's a good drawer. This was very heavy on the Renfair language. Not so much Thor speak. There's a bit of it, but there's big chocks of like, they say well met in this like a hundred times. Like, it's some nerdy Dungeons & Dragons stuff. And I was like, "Get on with it. But at the same time, it was beautiful. And Hawkeye shows up in it, even though he's got dumb glasses. Kind of doesn't look like Hawkeye, but he's he's fun. It's, a, it's sort of like a year after War of the Realms is over. And, and they've all come to have a party over in, I think it's Alfheim. That's where the light elves live. And then a bad guy comes along and tricks them. And then we've got this really cool kind of throwback-y art stuff where we're drawing Thor around the time of his appearance in the Marvel Universe. That sort of original Kirby, Thor and Loki and Mangog shows up. And it's a I mean it's, it's a beautiful bunch of art. And even the, like the coloring and production changes. And it's great. The There is a lot more tell and don't show in this in the first part of it. Uh, and... Again, I just find that so strange that, that, you know, the artist has a chance to do their thing finally and they're like, I better put a lot of words in this. And I guess that's because they don't get to use them all the time, but it just seems like you can draw like this, man. You don't need too many words. And, I mean, you have to have some, obviously, but it's almost like the better the, the, the better a comic book is, the less you need. Um, but those are the huge word bubbly texts are fine you, sometimes, and not other times, but when they're full of, like, good evening, One, and most well-met, Father Thor. I'm ever drop of the Inuits. oh Just stop it with this nerd shit. No. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I had to work to enjoy it, and I had to find the things about it that I enjoyed. The art was a delight. I think the concept was pretty good. I think the execution could have used a little more experience. That's where I am. Not upset that I read it, and here we are. Over... In, I was going to say, I don't know what the, you call the alien world. I was going to say Nostromo World or the, the universe of Wayland Utani, Alien number five. This has become like a new alien book comes out from Marvel, uh, and, I, and I get very excited about it. This Philip, Philip Kennedy Johnson and Salvador La Roca. I got to say, not a Salvador La Roca fan. We've talked about this lots of times, but he does great books. Like when he, sh- like, it feels like when he shows up on something, it's going to be a book I like. And I've kind of forgotten that I don't, I'm not into him so much, but, uh, you know, he's making good choices or they're putting him on the right books or something. But, you know, it's kind of, it's, it works totally well for this book. There's another twist in this one where you think one thing is going to happen another. The father has decided to finally protect his son and it feels like he's been away from his son the whole life but it turns out there are other reasons and the aliens are always there in the background it's kind of the right amount of like there's a story going on outside of the story you know it has to do with a family drama and the fact that they're on this spaceship or space station with a bunch of aliens around is is sort of only part of it and I also really like Bishop in this that Lance Hendrickson sort of character who you know, he's a, he's an android and they kind of talk about what those guys are like. There's, I love, there's like a resentment towards the androids in, in these movies and stories for some reason, like they just, no one just kind of likes them. It's almost like, because there's like a person and it's an artificial person and, and you can let out, you can just be mean to them and you can let out your frustration on them because they're not real people. And then, you know, the, I don't know, there's something really interesting about that. But I, I thought that was handled really well here. Like, this feels like a good alien story. I don't know if it would have made, like, a great alien movie or anything like that. But uh, if they made, like, a high-quality alien miniseries, I think this would work really well as it. But as it is, I really look forward to, I see the new issue coming out. I'm like, yes, this is great. Um, and it, And it still continues to be. And that is all for the books that I'm going to talk about this week. I came in lighter on time than Connor and I would have together. But that's because I didn't have to listen to his quote-unquote opinions. (laughs) I told you about the patrons, right? So we understand uh, that that, that the patrons help keep the thing going. Well, every week, um, you get to vote on what the patron pick for the week is going to be. So you say, you all say, I want this book. And then we tally up the one that has the most votes. And I believe it was a relatively close call between several books this week, some of which I've already talked about. And the one that get the most votes is the patron pick. And this week, the patron pick is Blue and Gold from Dan Jurgens and uh, Ryan Sook out of DC Comics. And this is the return of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold um, or Gold Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. They argue about that a lot in this thing. It's a limited series, one of eight. There seems to be at least two DC books this week that are miniseries, and they're telling you they're miniseries, unlike over at Image, where you can never quite be sure. And... Uh, this, you know, this is the getting the team back together in a way. Uh, you know, it's the same as if you had read any of the Heroes for Hire books where where Luke Cage and Iron Fist get back together and they're like, oh, we we're really good at this. Um The the sort of beginning conceit is that Booster Gold is flying around and he's live streaming, and, and as he is doing so, you see. The comments from the people on the different uh for the people watching and and some of them are like go you and some are like this guy's lame and someone's like i hope he gets killed um and booster gold is on his way to save the justice league who have been captured by aliens who are floating above i guess it's metropolis and they need help but there's no one available so skeets skeets is like the alfred uh to booster gold's batman uh he goes and he finds uh um, ted cord who is uh talking to his dead dad at the cemetery about how terrible he is and Skeet's come along he's like you gotta help and he's like well, what about the Justice League he's like they're going to try to get them they're already captured so he goes in with the 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 what's his bug called what's his big flying bug ship called I forget well that gets destroyed um and I think what's nice is that Booster Gold is this like super annoying character and nobody likes him but Blue Beetle does like him and and there's not like, it's, it's not really conflicty. They, they They sort of bicker about who gets to be Blue or Gold first, but other than that, like, they work together and they like it. The little twist here is that they rescue the Justice League, and Booster Gold is like, this is it, man. They are going to invite us in, and we're going to be in the Justice League again, and it's going to be great, but they invite uh, um, Blue Beetle in and not Booster Gold. It's like, we don't want that guy. That guy's terrible. And so Ted doesn't tell him. He goes, oh, no, they didn't want either of us, and then they, they go off to be on their own adventures. You know, it's got a, what I what age is it? I forget. It's got an 80s feel to it and 90s, but like not in the bad way. It's got all the good things. That's what Dan Juergens is. He's a guy who does great comics that feel like they're from an earlier era, but not in the bad way. These feel like superhero comics felt. And I think they're really, it's really fun. And you've got Ryan Sook, who's, you know, He's a massive talent, and he did all of the art in this book, and he probably won't be on it for a long time, but we've seen him a lot more lately over the past couple of years, and I think that's been really fun. Um, You know, these are two fun characters, and it's fun to spend time with, I think, uh, you know, visually, you know, they they call the book Blue and Gold, and it it just works. These two characters just work together for some reason, Um, and I really enjoyed it. I don't think it was, like, amazing, and I'm not, like, a super fan or anything, but... It's fun, and I I, I think the one thing, it's like a bugaboo of mine, it makes absolute sense that Booster Gold would have a scheme where he is live-streaming what he's doing so everyone can see him, and therefore they can contribute to his Patreon, and like, who's out there hawking their Patreon? It's like the worst, right? You know, you're just trying to enjoy something or whatever, and he's like, hey, send me money! What a dick! Anyway, um... But I hate it's it's my it's my pet peeve is I hate uh, uh, a social media feed in the middle of a story. It totally makes sense here, and it should be. But I just like I don't want to I don't want to read fictional social media. It's too it's annoying. Comments are annoying. There's just comments here. Then the other thing that happens is like none of them are called the thing they are. So it's like f- face smash and none of the social medias medias some none of the social medias. None of the companies, the services, the whatever, are what they're actually called. So, it, you know, it's all like the fake names for it. And I was like, just call it Facebook. It would be so much easier if we just did that. Please. <laughs> but they do keep shutting the feed off and on, which is kind of funny because there's times where he's like, hey, don't use my name. He's like, it's okay. I shut it off. And they turn it back on so that they can stream it. And you know that people would sit around watching. So I would I would 100% watch superhero battles if they were live live streaming. So, you can't, you know, you can't do that. I enjoyed it. I'm going to read the next one. So yes, I am going to stick with it. Ratings. Ratings. Is. Let's see. Three and three quarter stars. Edging onto four, but I'm not quite, I don't think I'm quite out of four, three and three quarter stars. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it high on the, on the late eighties, early nineties gosh scale. And the best part of that era, not the worst part. Oh, with very high-quality art uh, and and fun dialogue. I should I should probably go four, but I'm not going to. I'm sticking with it. I mean, sticking with it, but I'm sticking with the four also. I'm also reading the books. <laughs> That's going to be fine. So that is your patron pick every uh, Wednesday. If you are a patron, you will get a chance to vote on the book that you want to be pick of the week, or you can take part of the – not pick of the week – patron pick and you can take part in the conversations that happen on those uh communities we saw where you all try to game the system but we 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 know we're on to you don't you're not hey buddy you're not getting over on one with us but you should vote everybody should vote it's a it's a it's a fun don't (laughs) your your comic book review enfranchised and you shouldn't take that lightly it's one of our it's not a constitutional right it's not even a it's not even a human right it's just it's a thing you can do if you give us stuff so think about it that way <laughs> another thing you get is you give it the five dollar or higher level you will be bestowed with a patron power from us or in this case me and I am going to do four patron powers four patron powers all on my own. And I didn't leave this to chance, so I wrote some things down just before I was about to start. I'm, I hope that helps. I don't know, but you don't want me fumbling around with nobody to cover. That's not that's not a thing at all. Okay, so first up is Jeff. Jeff. Jeff's power is he didn't bother to put his last name. No, you shouldn't have to put your last name. Um, Jeff can make artificial things real. So I keep thinking about this in terms of food. But let's say everything, and then if it gets out of control, I won't have to deal with it. But, for example, uh, I may have thought of this while I was trying to buy vanilla. And I was like, well, I want vanilla extract, but it's much more expensive than the imitation vanilla. So you could make that real. Or maple syrup. You could t- buy the crappy syrup and then turn it into maple syrup. Or like maybe that's that wax fruit that's on tables like in Ikea, and then you'd make that into real fruit. Or or like... Uh, like the uh, uh, people have like plastic geese on their lawn or whatever, you can turn those into real things. So you can make artificial things real. That's what Jeff can do. Now Brian Mulholland, uh, named after a famous drive in Hollywood, actually that's spelled differently. Brian Mulholland can tell you your future from your record collection or music collection, whatever. Whatever, however, it is that you com- you compile music for yourself, he can take a look over to see the record you have or the playlist you've got, and he can tell you your future from it. He can tell that just by what you're listening to. It's amazing. Um, Tory Gordon, Tory Gordon can make livestock fly. So, you know, when they say, yeah, when pigs fly, well, when Tory shows up, those pigs and sheep and cows will fly. Not in a dangerous way. We don't want to scare them. They just, they have the ability. They, oh, we can fly now. This is a problem for farmers. Clearly, this is a problem for farmers, but this is, this is, (laughs) it doesn't matter because if you see a a sheep merrily gliding through the air, it's going to bring somebody joy. Uh, It's bringing me joy right now just thinking about it. So, uh, Tory Gordon can make livestock fly. And finally, we come to James Valent Good goad valent goad i feel like that's a typo but if not it's a pronunciation that i'm not quite getting james valent goad can make you like any food so you know how people don't like some foods i don't like a lot of foods i hate that i don't like a lot of foods i don't eat cheese people like what yes i eat it on pizza but i don't know why and i won't eat on anything else i don't like cheese I wish I liked cheese only so that people would say, people would stop saying, "Uh, how could you not like cheese? I can't help it. I put it in my mouth. I don't like it. I don't like fish. I want to like fish. There's lots of good things about fish. Can't stand it. But James, he can make you like it. He can, you know, it's, it's here, you will will twist whatever is in you that isn't working to make you appreciate that. And then you can go out to any restaurant and just order whatever. And you don't have to worry that there's going to be like some kind of weird mushroom in it that makes you, it makes it inedible or like the people who can't deal with cilantro, they can go to any Mexican place. And wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't you like to like every food? I, I watch Top Chef and I think, oh man, I don't want to eat any of that. And I wish I did. Well, James comes around. He's going to fix that problem for me right quick. So Thanks to the patrons who picked the pick and the people who donated a $5 or higher level and got their powers. It is still fun to do that. And there are plenty of those left. I think I'm not going to go over this week because otherwise I'm going to fall asleep and it's it's not going to (laughs) work. Let's finish the show. I stuck in a bunch of emails here um, because I figured I wouldn't be able to go on super long. Rashad asks, this is deep. It's very deep, Rashad. If you lived in the Marvel or DC universe, would you still believe in God or would you try to become one? I feel like there's a couple of options that are left off here. You're making making an assumption, for one thing. I do think it's a really interesting question because there is religion and there is faith in these places, and every once in a while a writer will come along and try to bridge those gaps. You know, so you've got you've got Matt Murdock, and he is deeply Catholic. And yet he has, you know, he's dealt with Mephisto. I guess that would make you more Catholic. I'm not really sure. Uh, you have, you know, you have gods. You have actual gods. And then it sort of makes you think, well, what does that mean? There's God, and then there's gods, and all these things. And I actually always really liked that as an aspect of a universe like that. Because to me, I would go, well... It almost it's almost like it would make you believe more because you're seeing that all this other stuff is happening, but it would change your idea about it. I don't know. I don't I can't imagine if you saw superpowered beings and you saw alien races and, and other sorts of things that, that you would be able to move forward with the same conception of how we think of a deity. I would not want to become a god. That sounds like an awful lot of responsibility. And if not responsibility then hubris and I I think I would screw that up. I mean, we don't need to add Limitless power to this ego. I think that would be a bad thing. What if all shows were me just talking all the time? That's what it would be like if I was a god. Hmm. Matt in Miami says... is <laughs> a longer one. Which... The next one's even longer, though. Which hero has the most inconsistency in power without a canonical canonical reason? So, for example, exempting the disappearance of Green Lantern's vulnerability to yellow because that's a whole long story. Right, so they took away his, his vulnerability yellow, so that's an example of the inconsistency in power. I'd also exempt the extreme cases that are just impossible to calibrate. It's weird that Superman can sometimes push a planet off its orbit and sometimes trade punches with a baddie. Hulk and Thor seem to hit a similar paradox for story reasons fine. For my money, you'd have to go with Batman, who can sometimes stand up against cosmic-level forces and sometimes struggle against Harley Quinn. If this still matters, I haven't been thinking about it that long at all. I wish I'd read that in the beginning. I'd have just stopped this then. Uh, just in the last few months. Okay, that's good. Uh, no. Uh, it seems like Bruce Wayne can't sneeze without spraying another non-meta with godlike training. I don't know what that means. Um, I know what you're saying, and I think that is one of those things. I think you're going to put the Back to the Future rule on that. Back to the Future rule is don't start to examine it or it falls apart. Just have fun with it. Unless you're examining it and, and poking at the holes of sort of the thing makes it more fun for you. I think that's possible. Like, if you can examine, you say, well, how come Superman can do this and this? And Like, like Superman's power is limitless, and as much as it needs to be for a given story, and I think that you actually mentioned this, and I think this just has to apply to everybody, is that, okay, If 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 the Flash is so fast, then what can't he do? And the answer is, like, nothing. And at the same time, like, if he was so fast, he probably couldn't really interact with the rest of humanity. Same thing with Superman. Like if they can do everything in anything, it changes everything. So don't think about it so much. I think that's the only that's the that's my piece that I have made with it because you can just like as soon as the powers get up to a certain point, um, you know that just it becomes hard to get a hold on. Uh, if, you know, if if you're so strong that you can create a black hole, then, you, you know, like, anything can happen. Then you have the lower, I think it's the lower ones that get kind of weird. Spider-Man's one that is super inconsistent because, and I remember the 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 Handbook to the Marvel Universe. He was the class, whatever the class was, he could lift 10 tons. That was, like, his, his level. And I feel like that's all over the place. And I was also thinking the fact that, like, Spider-Man doesn't seem to crawl walls anymore. I just, I... I couldn't think, I see him stick to the sides of things every once in a while, or stand on the side of a wall, but, like, it's not like a power base that seems to get used all that often. He's always swinging around or fighting with people or whatever, but there's, there's not much wall crawling anymore. But, again, he's up and down, like, and he gets beat up a lot. So, like, he's super strong, but he's not he's not indestructible. Or, if you're super strong, does that mean your muscle density is thicker, so therefore you are more indestructible? I never know how that works, because he should be able to get hurt as much as anybody else he he would be just as soft you know but he, but he takes it pretty good so maybe he's a higher metabolism i don't know but those are the kind of things that i think about it doesn't bother me uh, it's almost fun i think that should be part of the fun for this last email to bring it home someone's some john not someone his name is john john's taking it to me let's uh let's go through this is this is the part where i read it uh, in john's voice he says, "I look forward to your spirited, well-informed discussions, and generally, there's your clue. There's a great, there's a great balance of viewpoints, and it seems you all generally have the philosophy that while you will certainly call out things that are poorly thought out, written, drawn, colored, etc., overall, it's more productive uh, conversation and not focus solely on the negative." With that said, man, Josh, this is for me. It felt like the whole Black Widow film discussion devolved into you aggressively pissing. <laughs> Oh, I get that you have to pee, but why are you aggressively peeing? No, uh, it was you aggressively pissing on any positive observations about the film that Connor, Paul, and Mike were trying, working, to bring a different viewpoint to about it without getting immediately shit on. By the time we got to the exchange about kids not buying their own clothes, and then we got to you saying something all mine would, to the observation that no kids would be kicking and screaming being taken to a Guardians movie, I had to stop listening to the episode. Note, I don't remember what he's talking about. Uh and my kids are weird. Uh it's a strange thing to be a longtime listener. We know full well that our connection to you both is pretty much one way, and while you both yourselves there's an on version of you that must have developed at the start is evolved over time. Please know this email is sent with respect and affection for you both, and the breathtaking amount of content you blah 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 blah. I hesitate to even write it, frankly, since everyone's allowed an off day, and maybe my perception of the discussion was colored by my own stuff. That's the thing, right? It could be you, it could be me, it's likely somewhere in the middle. Hmm. <laughs> then I just hope everything is okay. And I look forward to continuing listening as long as you're willing to podcast. All right. I'm not going to ever defend myself because I don't need to. It's totally a thing that what you're listening to, but it's funny because you heard a different conversation than the one that I think I had. Because the conversation I think that I had about the Black Widow movie was one in which the people that I was listening to really wanted to like something that was... Not mediocre. It was better than mediocre. But it wasn't superb. And I really wanted to watch something superb. So I wasn't willing to give points to something that was okay. That was pretty good. You can have pretty good points. You can not have excellent points. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I think uh, I, have, I had expectations. Not that I thought it was going to be really great. But I wanted it to be really great because I really wanted that experience. But we all gave it the same rating. All of us. We all said it was exactly as good as the other. So what you're talking about and saying I'm pissing over everything or shitting on because (laughs) because I'm, I'm horrible with my pissing and shitting. Everybody knows that about me. You know, that's me poking at things trying to understand. And what's really nice to me is that after all of this time... Nothing that takes place in those conversations is taken personally. Like, I remember in the old days when, when Connor and I would disagree about something, like, we'd almost get kind of pissy with each other. It does not happen anymore. And he's really sure about what he thinks, and I'm really sure about what I think, and we have this nice balance that gets to go on. And, you know, Paul and Mike didn't disagree with me. They didn't. No one did. And I, I guess I'm being, you know, the voice of... I I know how I come listen, I know what I'm like. You could ask my wife what I'm like. Like I poke at things. I I dissect them. I try to figure out if something is original and interesting or if something is is tired. Or, you know, when people say, hey, that's that's pretty good. And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, but is that good enough? You know, like, or is at least is that make it interesting? Still could make it fine, but it doesn't make it like stand out, and I want something that stands out. That's just how I go after things. So I think you're reading more into it. I think one thing that people do is they want to like a thing. And maybe they even do like a thing and then it gets taken personally when another person doesn't like it or it feels like they're trying too hard not to like it. I am usually trying to understand we have a we have a, when reading media, when talking about any of these things, you have a base feeling. You come out of a thing, you like, oh, I liked that. I didn't like that. I think I like that. I wanted to like it, whatever, and everything that follows that, everything this show is about, everything I'm talking about now, is the idea of trying to understand what that is. That's what. That's why I do this. That's why we we talk about these things. Like, so it's interesting to have a. You can have your feeling. I liked that, and then the next question is, well, why did I like that, or why did I not like that, or what is about it? And that allows you to understand the things that you're seeing in the future to be able to understand. You know a what to look for and just understanding like what it is that, that tickles your tickles your happy spot and you know to me you know that's kind of the joy I, I i hope that no one listened to that review and was like oh man he was trying so hard not to like it this is not what it was at all it was poking at it It was saying well well what about this is i got this feeling about this and you know, I'm just telling you what I thought. I'm never, I'm never gonna be negative for no reason. I'm those are the things that I thought, and I don't think I was. Well, I, I don't think I was out of line. I don't think I was off. Again, we all gave it the same review, and it is a subjective thing. Um, I am super nitpicky about movies, like more than comics, almost because, uh, you know, the comics at least, I have a different kind of love for. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but but like I'm annoying to watch TV with because I can I I'm you think I'm bad with comics I'm worse with TV and movies I I really am it's terrible so most people would not want to sit around and talk about movies with me I just I know that as a thing anyway I am not mad at you John I think you were perfectly valid I think that you had a feeling and you're trying to poke around and understand that you uh, were listening to the thing you couldn't deal with it. These things were getting you and you're like, I can't, I can't listen to the rest of this anymore. I got to come back another time. Dude, I think you and I are simpatico right now. That's what I think is happening. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's totally about where you're coming from. And we all gave it the same rating. And I think that that is fascinating. If you want to write it to this show, you can write to contact at ifanboy.com. You, uh, keep it. These were longer emails and I did them cause I got to choose. Um, you want to try to keep it kind of short though, uh, because it reads better. Um, you can also send in media explode emails; those are coming. I can see them. We just did a whole sort of mailbag episode, which was really fun. Um, so send those those in as well. If you have a media explode question for our other show, which is about things not comics, uh, then just mark it media explode and the subject line, and we'll know. But there's not just this show. There's other things that we have going on. There is available. Uh, there's a explode. Which is uh, 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 injustice? Gods among us. That was a. One. There are other podcasts that we do. There uh, was there's that Black Widow special edition we were just talking about. There's a special edition of Batman: The Long Halloween Part One where the I Fanboy Animation Brain Trust got together. There is that media splow, the mailbag episode where we just answered a lot of questions that people sent in. Uh, that's up there. There was the last media explode, which wasn't that long ago. It was number 15. We talked about Mythic Quest Season 2 and Star Wars novels. There was the book explode, uh, number 43, Injustice Gods Among Us, Year One, the complete collection. I owe you a talk explode in July, and it's not looking good. Right? <laughs> I'm not getting the kind of response I'm used to. But I'm also trying to find somebody who's interesting to talk to, that I haven't talked to before. Um, so, working on it. Uh, there will be a media explode coming up, where we are going to talk about Abraham Reisman's book, True Believer, The Rise and Fall of Stanley. It is a prose book. We've never done that before, but it is a, uh, it is a fascinating and, and very integral part of comic book history. And I think people should read that book. Uh, and, and I, I've read it. We've, we've enjoyed it. We're going to record that show and send it out to you soon. That will be good. Um, so, so get that done and you can, you can follow along. And so those shows are there. You can find all those and other things at iFanboy.com. Uh there's all of the shows that we ever did. If you click on the little podcast nav at the top, you'll see uh, just a, a whole lot of things that, that we did. We even have word balloons on there from when we we used to host uh, John Suntress's word balloon. That's there still. Lots of interviews there. It's a it's an oral history of comic book delight. Um, you uh, can uh, follow us uh, at iFanboy. At, yeah, at iFanboy. Facebook.com slash iFanboy, at iFanboy on Twitter, at iFanboy Comics on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by going to those places. You can follow myself and Connor individually on Instagram at CSKilpatrick or at JA Flanagan. You can subscribe to our YouTube uh, uh, page, channel, like and subscribe, all that. There are shows we have, uh, let's see, we have the Darwin Cook episode 135 at the San Diego comic book convention. Um, I I see a still of Ron and Darwin sitting there. I think in his hotel room, we were talking about Parker. Um, I fanboy mini 66 books we love. And I was talking about guardians of the galaxy. And that is the series that sort of the movie was mostly spawned from, which is, which is kind of cool. And, and the other show is number uh, 136, which is pick of the week, number 200, we're on 780 now. if That tells you where we're talking about, and it's live um, from uh, Jim Hanley's Universe, I, I believe. Now that I'm looking at it, and that is cool. We did live shows in comic shops. That was really fun, and there were people there, and that was really that was awesome. What a good memory I have of that, and thanks to everybody who came to that or have watched them or whatever. So those are the things over at iFomer.com/slash. Nope. YouTube.com slash iFanboy. Uh, we're putting those all up. We're getting through them. If you like this show, you can write a review or leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Spotify, Amazon, uh, um, there's Audible, I think. A bunch of uh, Audible and Amazon are the same. I, I know that. You know that. Let's just, let's just get out of the way. Let's not, let's, not, let's not fool ourselves. Anyway, the places where you do podcasts, you can, you can do that. That's always helpful. Tell your people. Tell, tell folks. Tell Find some folks. Let them know. Let them know if it's a thing that they might want. Don't bug them if they're not going to want it. Like your grandma doesn't care. You don't have to tell her. Connor will never let me say that, but it's true. Like, you don't tell your mom; she doesn't care. But we're going to keep saying that. Um, you are the folks who make that happen. The Street Team. You are the. Our, our marketing budget is almost nothing. In fact, when I say almost nothing, what I mean to say is our marketing budget is nothing. Our advertisement budget is even lower than that, and that is all I have. I cannot keep talking. And you should be glad about that. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for coming here. I hope that this was a fun uh, diversion from what it is we normally do. I hope I didn't go uh, between things too often because I'm not charming like Jeff Goldblum. I can't, I can't, I can't sell that like he can. The, uh, 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 you know, it's not not my thing. I'm not going to be able to do that. But I really do have fun doing this every once in a while. Emphasis on every once in a while. Every couple of years, I think I can handle it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Josh. With any luck, Connor will be back here next week, and um, I can have someone else to lean on because that was a lot easier.